Greetings and humble salutations. I am your host, Devadra Ponder, and welcome to the College Corner Podcast. Today, I am here with Chrissy Gass to provide some helpful tips for you to get acclimated to some of the changes with the Better FAFSA. Chrissy, can you please take some time to introduce yourself to our Take Stock in College Nation? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Chrissy Gass. I'm the Director of Scholarships at Florida Atlantic University. I've been in financial aid for a little over 13 years now. Um, So for financial aid, it's an interesting year with our new FAFSA changes, and I'm really excited to be here to talk to you about that today. Some of the other things that I do in financial aid um, have to do with leadership and development. Um, So I'm excited as we move forward, um, teaching our new students how to um, train others on doing FAFSA. I love that. I absolutely do. And I know you said you've been in financial aid for 13 years. Is that also how long you've been working in higher education or is that longer? Yes. So I returned to college as an adult learner um, and got a job in the financial aid office as a work study student and then uh, just stayed around. I love financial aid and working with students. So it's just um, kind of become my passion. So you are living proof that dreams and aspirations don't stop when you're in high school or right after. They continue to keep going as long as you're willing to work for them, right? 100%. I was a first-generation student who struggled oh, right out of high school. And so um, it took me a little while, but I, I got my bachelor's degree and my master's degree and um, just continued moving forward. Well, Chrissy, I am honestly so proud of you. I'm always a first-gen advocate. I love that because we are a special group and I'm much proud of that. So we're going to dive into the next question. How can students prepare now to be ready for when the new FAFSA opens? So the new FAFSA will definitely have some changes, but one thing that remains the same is everybody Mm -hmm. needs an FSA ID to log into the FAFSA and create their FAFSA. So students can now go ahead and create their FSA ID. That's their federal student aid ID. That's how they log into FAFSA and that's how they'll sign the FAFSA. The change this year is anybody who is adding their information to the FAFSA, so a parent or a spouse, will need an FSA ID. In the past, that has been true, but if the parent files married filing separately, Um, both parents will actually need an FSA ID to sign into the FAFSA. So it's important for students to have um, their parents go ahead and get that FSA ID if they need it, Um, or if they're married, make sure their spouse already has that FSA ID. Um, Students will not be able to complete parent information at all on the FAFSA now. So um, when a student logs in, they'll log in and just see student information sections. And when a parent logs in, they'll log in or a spouse logs in, they will just see the parent or spouse information sections. So it's very important that everybody have their FSA ID set up um, and they can do that now before the FAFSA is released in December. The other thing I would tell students is don't wait for the FAFSA to come out to start applying to your colleges and to start looking at what the colleges offer in their financial aid and scholarships. Just because the FAFSA is not available doesn't mean the colleges don't already have their institutional aid information out. So it's important to make sure they're working with their college um, on their financial aid information and their financial aid deadlines. Um, Because even though the FAFSA is coming out late, um, a lot of colleges for their institutional aid will still have an earlier deadline. So it's important for students to go ahead and apply. Chrissy, that was some key information. So scholars, I hope you guys have your pencil and pen out 
or at least your cell phone and you're taking notes because even when you're parents and maybe they're they're a married couple or your um, other guardians are making these FAFSA IDs, you guys need to write them down so you don't forget them. You're not having to create new passwords. Write everything down. Now, for our next question, can you give us just a few of the changes you feel that students should know about? I know one thing I've heard about is the terminology change. What is a contributor, if we can start off? Sure, so um, federal student aid is now able to access tax information directly from the IRS. Mm -hmm. So instead of um, a parent just providing a signature on a FAFSA or a student just providing a signature on the FAFSA, when they log in with that FSA ID, they are agreeing to contribute any tax information that exists with um, the federal tax. So if they have um, completed a tax return or even not completed a tax return, that information will come back into the FAFSA automatically when they agree to contribute their information. So that's why they've changed it to being a contributor rather than just a signer on the FAFSA. Um, and then the other big change um, that we can talk about is um, a lot of people know the old EFC as being, you know, whether or not you're going to get your Pell or your marker for financial need. Um, that terminology has changed to a student aid index. Wow. Um, so it will <laughs> it'll be a it'll still be a number, um, but it'll be more of a um, kind of a percentage number as to how much um, Pell Grant a student will receive. Um, but also this year, more students will be eligible for a full Pell Grant amount, um, even if they may have a student aid index that is not zero. Um, depending on their family's income and circumstances, they may still receive a full Pell Grant. So it won't be the standard same as the old EFC process. When students are evaluated um, by the FAFSA information, the first thing that they're going to check for is whether or not a student will automatically receive a full Pell Grant. So a lot of our students who in the past may have received just a partial Pell Grant um, based on their family circumstances may now be eligible for a full Pell Grant. So we're definitely going to see a lot more um, Pell eligible students and a lot more full Pell eligible students next year. Well, I'm glad to hear that because as long as our students are getting funding to go to school, that sounds great. Yeah, we're so excited we, about it. Yes. Our next question, where should students go for help to complete their FAFSA? Um, there are a lot of places. So studentaid.gov is a great website and they provide a lot of information. They also do have some FAFSA demos available on their website. Um, and I'm sure when December comes, they'll have um, more um, help available there. They also do have a lot of um, FAQs for students available. Um, they're also doing some webinars that are geared towards students. Um, so I do recommend them students checking out the studentaid.gov, um, but also their colleges um, at FAU. We do one-on-one -on -one FAFSA assistance with students. Um, so we will open ours up usually in January. They don't have to be a Florida Atlantic University student. Um, they can be any student within the county, you know, usually Palm Beach, Broward County is the, the students we see the most, um, but they definitely don't have to be a Florida Atlantic student to, to come participate in one-on-one -on -one assistance. So um, that will be up on our website, probably um, early December. Um, our website is fau.edu slash F-I-N-A-I-D, so FINAID, F-A-U dot um, edu slash FINAID. 
um, and they can do those one-on-one Zoom appointments with a with a financial aid person to kind of help them walk through the FAFSA. Um, it's important this year because there is that difference in the contributor that if a student signs up, they they should also have their guardian who's going to be on the FAFSA with them at the meeting just because uh, we won't be able to look at parental information without the parent actually being at the meeting. That is honestly amazing. So if I'm getting this correct, for my public collegiate students in Palm Beach County, you can contact the financial aid department at FAU, so Florida Atlantic University, go Owls, and you can receive one-on-one assistance with their financial aid team. So scholars, we talked about receiving help and learning how to ask for help and learning how to find those resources. This is one of those resources. So again, our Palm Beach students, please make sure that you're reaching out to the financial aid department at FAU. And we always want to help our students no matter what. We have a huge outreach team, so you may see us in your schools. Um, So always ask for help. It's funny, I had a, a colleague recently asked a bunch of people Um, what's one tip they would give to any student coming Mm -hmm. into um, higher education. And that was my first response was ask for help. Always ask for help. Um, Because usually in higher ed, even if the person you ask for help may not have the answer, they will know the person who does. So students, please reach out and ask for help anytime you're going through this. Thank you so much for providing that reassurance. That is something we are trying to really um, affirm in our students. Open your mouth, close mouths, don't get fed. Ask exactly. for help. <laughs> so Chrissy, I've had an awesome time with you today and I wanted to end it with giving you the space to share anything additional that you would like to provide for our students or share anything that your offices may be providing as well outside of those free one-on-one um, virtual assistants. Sure. So um, we do have um, a lot of events for students coming up on campus. So um, check out our website, check out our admissions team. We have a lot of um, visit days scheduled for our new students and um, a lot of fun activities available. So if you're thinking about FAU, definitely check us out and see what's going on. Um, One thing I didn't add when we were talking about the FAFSA that I do want to add that's a really good change for our students this year. Um, In the past, students could only put 10 institutions on their FAFSA. Um, Now they can put up to 20 institutions on their FAFSA. So I do want to say, students, if you're even thinking about a school, you're like, oh, that's my safety, safety, safety school. Go ahead and put them on your FAFSA so that you can get the best um, financial aid package when you're going to that institution. The earlier the school receives your information, the better financial aid package you're going to get. So um, even if you're thinking, oh, my mom just wants me to go to that school and I may I probably will never go there. Put them on your FAFSA. Um, You have 20 20 opportunities to put institutions on your FAFSA, so definitely take advantage of that. Um, Otherwise, yeah, come by the financial aid office. Um, um, But yeah, we we really want to accommodate and help our students, especially in Palm Beach County. We really want that number of students going to college in Palm Beach County to just go through the roof. So anything we can do to help students move forward, um, reach out and we will help you. Chrissy, it's reasons that the state of Florida is thriving because of hardworking higher education professionals like you. So I want to definitely give you an amazing and a huge shout out and a thank you for all the work that you and the team are doing at FAU with the OWL Nation. 
So I would like to thank everyone again for tuning into this episode of the College Corner Podcast. Again, another shout out to the Florida Atlantic University team and Chrissy for providing such pivotal information about the changes in the better FAFSA. Remember, take stock in college scholars. If you have any questions or comments or just need some advice, connect with us at connect at TSIC.org and we will get back with you. Again, have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode of the College Corner Podcast.